for just about everything for the outdoors. Go to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Happy Feel Good Friday, everybody. I am coming to you from the cockpit of my truck, literally in the parking lot of the dance studio because I'm still in dad life, dad life engaged right now. And we're, we're doing, this is how committed we are to the season 23 series. This is, this is year number two of season, the season series. Um, this is season 23 powered by the fall podcast. And we're back. DJ, what do you think? This I know we've done a couple episodes already this year, but I mean this one hits different. This is the gear up before I mean we're two days out from opener. Right? You know, and tomorrow Ohio opens. So like we're here. October one is here, buddy. Yep. And this will be this will be the last time we record, you know, before hunting season. So there there's something uh something feels right about that. You know, we're technically the next time you and I talk on a on a podcast, not outside of podcast, we talk all the time, but the next time we re- record, either listeners are gonna get a hunt breakdown from either of our season twenty threes or or if everything goes as planned, there may be a story there. So time will tell, man. What how how are you feeling right now? I feel tremendous right now. Uh, there's one thing I have to do to uh, get final, final, like, beagle, legal beagle, whatever you want to call it, final deal done. Um, actually, it doesn't make any sense to be legal beagle, but I do need to shoot my bow. Um, so I've been shooting my bow. We finished uh, league two days ago, and that went really well. Dropped a podcast uh, yesterday on that. And, um, you know, so it's it's shooting really well, but... Um, just, just the double check, double check the broadheads. I threw the nocturnals on, uh, those are usually a little heavier than the stock knocks. So that is literally all I got to do. And buddy, I mean, we are shitting in high cotton. We are ready. Mm-hmm. I am ready to get in a tree. Yeah. I, I hear that man. And you know, outside of maybe, you know, charge, you know, charging up some more batteries again, you and I, put a lot of work in this week and I think that's exactly what we can break down today on on the season 23 episode is you know we we didn't you know we didn't let off the gas just because it was the week before opening day like we are you know we're not we don't want like a 40% chance kind of hunt you know like if we're we're gonna go throw a hunt out on October 1 we want we want to you know swing for the fences right off the bat and uh, why don't why don't you tell you know, tell all the listeners, take us through your week, you know, cause you put it, you put some days in, uh, you know, out scouting, 
camera work and, and all kinds of other stuff. Yeah, I put some uh, boot lever, boot lever. I put some boot leather in the timber this week. Uh, you know, I always try to do a last minute, uh, you know, little little saunter um, if if I need to. But I, I really like to correlate it with a rain and thank the rain gods above that we got two days of rain and it worked out absolutely perfect. So I had a few cameras uh, that I needed to check that were fermenting, a couple SD card cameras that I really wanted to check that maybe, just maybe would have gave me an upper edge, you know, that I wanted to go check. So I checked those, but also this is a great time to go walk around, you know, and try to find some open scrapes. And boy, did I find some open scrapes. So there was a couple cameras that I wanted to move a little deeper into the cover, closer to bed, because you know, I'm not getting a ton of shooter bucks, hardly any actually, in daylight. So that tells me I'm too far off right now. The The shift is happening. I want to move a little deeper to cover. So I pushed back in on a few different locations. And uh, man, I found uh, a, an autumn olive bush uh, that had four scrapes underneath of it. It was destroyed and had fresh pee in it. Like when I walked up on the scrape, I could smell the urine. Like it, it just happened that morning. And, um, so I put a camera on that and then an- another scrape location. Uh, I, f- I feel like, I feel like that, that location, like I, I, I shifted the camera about 40 yards from where it was. And I think I let a scrape get the best of me. I really don't, I put the camera on it and now I'm second guessing. I really think the spot, I, I really feel like the spot got the best of me in the fact that I think it. I tr- I I'm trying to will it into being a good spot. You know what I mean? Okay. And it's and it and it's just a location where I think it's just going to be night activity honestly and how it how it unfolds. But right now man, I literally just need to get in the timber and and throw some sits in. You know, we we talk about it a lot. We talk about frustration with not getting you know, pictures of of shooters or anything like that in daylight. But we have to pump the brakes. I gotta. I I really gotta pump the brakes. I really have to keep trusting my scouting, trusting the sign that is given to me. The acorns are dropping like crazy. The deer are hammering them. I need to focus on acorns. I need to have good entry, good good exit, play the wind, you know, and just start throwing some sits and some high value sits with the acorns and the fruit trees right now because they are loaded. So that's mm. where I'm at right now. Would you, uh, let me ask you this, buddy. You know, like we said, it's, it's Friday, right? And we're knocking on, we're knocking on opening day. We're, you know, 48 hours out now. Do you, do you feel like you have a plan for opening day? Do you, and if you do, like, are you feeling good about it or are you a little wishy-washy? Like where, where's your head at for opening day? Um, I felt honestly the wind switched yesterday or two days ago, and now it, so it was supposed to be a south southeast wind, and now it's uh switched to a southwest wind, and it's supposed to be a southwest wind now for like the first week of season. And my family farm south winds at just set up absolutely terrible for it. Um. There's a couple pockets you can get in there and and hunt those on southwest winds or south winds, 
But the kicker is, you and I have talked about it before, my family farm's like public ground. We got 11 guys that hunt it, so there's not 11 pockets that everybody can hunt. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's that it's going to be like a TBD, like game time decision. You know, we'll see. Now, yep. my other permission farms, there is a spot that I can get in with a southwest wind, but a buck that I have showing up in daylight is only daylighting on east winds. So. <laughs> I don't necessarily want to go in there on a southwest wind and blow it. I mean, it's the one acre. I'm not going to lie to you. I'll, I'll throw it out there. It's the one acre. I got, you know, him showing up on an east wind, and uh, I don't think he's that far away. You know, I don't mm-hmm. want to go in there first night and blow him up. So um, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm still I, – I, I st- I'm I'm feeling optimistic, but literally I could tell you right now what I'm gonna do. Like right now, I'm leaning one acre. If, if and it might only be by a couple percent, but I, I'll tell you, it's probably gonna change Sunday morning. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. Well, the the nice thing um about that particular spot though too, Aaron, is it's. To me, it could still be a, a really high percentage uh, hunt for you, but it's also a really great hunt that you can probably get in and out of very clean for early in the season too. So as much, you know, like as much as like we talk about having an aggressive hunt, or it's, which means usually aggressive means a high percentage hunt, I think that falls in that category, but it also falls in the category of like, let's say you don't kill the target you're after on opening night that you still can play the long game still like it's not it's not a blowing up spot like it's not a one and done type of thing and i think that's that's really having spots like that super important to be able to kick a season off if if conditions are not exactly what you're looking for 100 percent, and um yeah i i would have to say right now that's the play mm-hmm. subject like to it. change still Sunday morning, I'm going to film Kevin Leach uh, from Latitude. We're going to dive into some uh, Michigan public, and I'm going to film him. And then uh, Sunday night, I'll be jumping in somewhere. So that's my plan. But, you know, basically my my week in a nutshell, I went out, I, I scouted two days, um, and I actually had a buck destroy, you saw it on camera, mm-hmm. the whole sequence. Um destroy one of my scrape trees i mean absolutely came in and uprooted it i mean destroyed it like i just couldn't believe it but um it forced me to go into that uh, hold on hold on is it a buck or is it the buck i mean come on what do we like hold on hold on like come on like we're we're gonna bring everyone along here for these stories are we talking a buck or are we talking about the buck that ab is 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 freaking hunting okay let's let's get into it we might run out of time here but let's get into it so um i have a deer that i named no go okay and the reason why his name is no go is because I was not going to shoot him. I was not going to shoot him. I have two years of history with this deer. And then uh, a friend of mine told me one day, 
I'm on the fence with him because there's days I look at him like, God, you are so good looking. But then there's times where I'm like, man, if you give you one more year, you're going to blow up because he blew up from last year. Yep. Um, so my criteria has always been, you know, top 10% of the top 10% of the bucks I can shoot. He's the biggest deer I have on camera amongst a assortment of properties, but he quite possibly could be the youngest deer. <laughs> so, um, man. He would be one of my top tier bucks that I've shot in Michigan. And I wasn't, you know, and so now I'm, I'm going back and forth with myself and, and, uh, I just got to stay true to myself. Honestly, um, if he makes it through, that'd be awesome. But, um, he's playing the game right now and I can't take it. (laughs) I don't have the will to, to let it, to let it go. So, so he comes in uh, two mornings ago, he comes into a food plot I have, um, and absolutely uproots this scrape tree. I mean, destroys it. And, uh, <clears throat> it pissed him off. It really got him all riled up and it got me riled up. And, uh, I'm like, man, you do that. <laughs> I was, yeah. was going <laughs> to, oh gosh. I was gonna say I was gonna say who was more pissed off that day, you or him? <laughs> I was pissed because I I went to I went I went and got I had um out in the pole barn I had uh some uh um fence posts and I'm like screw it. I'm gonna go drive a mm-hmm. fence post in the ground and zip tie this tree, like bury it. So I went I grabbed two fence posts. I got a fence post for the tree, buried it, zip tied it to it, got the got the um, the licking branch back working operational, and then uh, yeah, put the camera back ready to go. Put the camera a little closer to the tree so I could get better pictures of it. And uh, we're back, Jack. But it was it was something I did not want to have to do because it's a farm that you really have to treat uh carefully because yeah. it's not very big, and uh, he lives close by. You know, he heard me driving that fence post in the ground. Guarantee you, he heard me. And um, hopefully, he just thinks it was a farmer. And uh, we'll see. But he showed back up the next day in the morning. And uh, so he's still there. We'll see. But uh, no go is on the yes go list. So (laughs) (laughs) we'll see. And the only reason I had to I had to bring it up because it had nothing to do with you know whether you're on the the fence about you know shooting that buck or not. It had it had everything to do with like the fact that like you've kind of been pondering you know the the what if or should I kind of thought, but like I know what kind of work you put into that spot and the fact that it was him that came and blew that spot up. It was like okay, okay, buddy. Like I it hits different we, now. We're gonna we're gonna play this game. This is what's gonna happen. Yeah. Like, welcome welcome to slot number one on the target list. <laughs> yeah, and I'll, I'll I will say I have another buck in that area that uh, is definitely number one. But um, I've glassed him once, and I've got like one picture of him, and he's just not on me right now. It's it's that deer. Um, well, let's be honest. I mean, I hunted him last year. His name's Mister BB. You know, he's back and he's, he's bigger, um, he's older and, but he's doing a lot different stuff than he did last year. And I think it's all the crop rotation and a lot more pressure. So yep. 
I think what's going to kill him is him uh, Doe bringing him over. So um, Nogo lives here, you know, and he did last year. I got a lot of pictures of him last year. He lived there, and uh, he's he's at the top of the list, man. So we'll yeah. see. Well, and not only you know crop rotation and pressure. Let's you know. Let's tip our hat towards him. Just another year older too, you know. And and you yeah. see that a lot anywhere in the country. It's like you, they get another year under their belt, and they do change some things. Sometimes maybe for the you know better for you, but most of the time for the better for them. But it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to follow along with the the no go story because like you said. Those two bucks could overlap some. So, you know, you're potentially not hunting just one deer in a particular area. It could be, you know, could be, you know, two deer. One or one of two deer could show up on you. And it, that's the thing about, you know, like a, a buck like Mr. BB, that when you're not hunting him, but it's still in the an area where he calls home that they show up on you. And it's like, you son of a bitch. You know what I mean? Where it's like they they surprise you like that. He could show. He could literally show up hunting no go. He could show up any night. You mm-hmm. know he it, he's there. So yep, I like it. Yeah. So what do you got? You 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 run me down your week because I want to get into. We got we only got about fifteen more minutes to record just yep. with my time constraints, but I do want to get into some uh, moon stuff that uh, I've established a lot over the last couple days. So. Uh, Give me what you did this week. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, Check out MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, Log on to MidwayUSA.com. Yeah, so, you know, I, I spent pretty much every day uh, some way, some sort, you know, out in the uh, in the woods or in the swamps or wherever, you know, food, whatever it may be. I, I spent it scouting because I really wanted to make this last week a high priority of checking, you know, SD card cameras and doing some scouting because the one thing with about scouting September sign is that you could scout it now and you could it could look fresh but if it's say a week old that sign could mean absolute dog shit right now like it's got to be fresh fresh so when i i'm talking like when you see the sign you have to be able to hunt it within like two to three to four days after because it could literally just freeze up on you um so that that's kind of was my goal this week and i i had you know ups and downs this week you know for the downs you know, it's it's the week before opening day of archery season, and I lost a property. I'll be quite, I'll be honest with you. And even though that property, I had not had a, a, a big deer using that property, I will be completely honest, that property was across the road from the largest, you know, if you want to go inches wise, the largest buck that I found this summer. 
and I could I I could I had eyes on him all summer long. Now he didn't cross the road, but the thought was, well, there's a possibility he could. But I lost that property. But you know what? Instead of being down about it, I just kept moving on. Like I got other stuff. So um I'm gonna kinda just focus on the one thing is I went and checked an SD card camera. Uh a lot of my SD card cameras are in spots that are um, I wonder kind of spots, you know, like I've scouted it. The sign tells me it's probably good. Uh, but that was last year. Let's see if it's good this year. So I put an SD card on it and knowing that, you know, I have, I have a lot of targets that, but for October one with the conditions we're going to have, the play just maybe wasn't super solid play on them. So I got to find something else. I went and checked this one SD card camera and I was pleasantly surprised. Um, it was on a scrape, uh, kind of a really odd area. But let me tell you what, the bucks are using it. And an old, you know, an old friend showed up. And this is a buck, I, I call him Chuck. He has got an attitude from hell, let me tell you what. Like, this deer hates every other deer in the woods. Like, I've never experienced a deer like this. Like, I, I jokingly told you that you could probably call this deer in with the acorn cruncher. Like, I think you probably could. Like, he's just pissed off all the time. But he's got he's a mane got down roid the... rage is what he does. Yes, yeah. So <laughs> he's got a mane down, the, down his neck, like, on top of his neck. So it looks like a mohawk. So, and I've got, you know, two years of history with him, and I filmed him last year, man, just, just you know, literally right underneath me. And, you know, his eye was all pussed up. He broke both of his antlers off last year, right after his brow tines. And let me tell you, even last year, this dude's mass at, at his bases was heavy. And this year, it's it's unreal. And that's probably his best, like, feature on his rack, because he's, he's not going to break any records by no means. But the deer's personality has me intrigued, and just knowing him for a couple of years, it's it's really piqued my interest. But when I pulled that SD card camera, I'm gonna be honest, this is what I did. I slipped in, I pulled the SD card camera, and I looked at it, and I I I knew that deer was in there. Like as much as he was on that camera, even though it's a lot of dark, you know, nighttime activity, I knew he was close. So what I do, I instantly jumped right back into that area and lightly scouted it. Now it was a, it was a noisy day that day, so I used that to my advantage, and I found everything that I needed to find that day. Everything I needed to find with the wind that's going to be happening those first couple of days of the season. I I believe I have a true play on this buck. I called Chuck, and I forgot to tell you the reason his name is Chuck. The mane down his neck looks like a mohawk, and he's got a bad attitude. So I called him. Chuck Liddell, right? The the UFC fighter. He's got a bad attitude with the Mohawk. Looks just like Chuck Liddell. I mean, I'm not I'm not shitting you, Aaron. I mean, I showed you some of the pictures. Every time a deer steps foot in the area, he comes running right in, and it's it's September. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, it, the it, the pictures almost <laughs> look like he flanks a scrape, and whenever a buck comes in to check that scrape, literally Chuck comes in and runs him off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like like that, like the kind of deer. That you almost don't want to run into if you're walking out of the swamp at night because he'll probably yeah. come after your ass. Yeah. So that that is kind of, you know, th there's a whole lot more that went into the week. I've been glassing a lot. I've been glassing Big Barry for all the listeners. I've been glassing them, but the play is not there. The conditions, the the wind direction is not going to be right for me right off the bat. So I'm, I, I have to sit on them a little bit because I'm very, my hands are tied 
how I get to hunt this deer. So my hands are kind of tied behind my back. So I, but it's okay. This is why I give myself other options. And trust me, I will kill Chuck given the chance the very first couple nights of the season. I have no problem. Like I said, he is not going to break any records. But this deer is cool. His personality is awesome. And they're, they're, I have a play on him opening day. I truly do. Even though it's going to yeah. be hot, the play is there. But, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of been the week. Um, that's pretty – I'm pretty much set in stone as of we sit here today, Friday, that that's my play for Sunday unless, unless these next two nights I see something that completely changes my mind out on these roads. But other than that, yep. that's the play, dude. I lost a property this week. I gained a ton of valuable information. The gear's packed. The bow shooting, the bow shooting great. I'm ready to go, buddy. I'm ready to do it. I like it. I like it. Yeah, and and you know, I I'm excited about this. As long as you know, I'm the same way. If something could change in the next two days. I'm gonna glass tomorrow morning. Gonna glass tomorrow night. Or I cannot glass tomorrow night. We gotta go to the homecoming football game. Um, and but you know, and then Saturday gonna do the same. And then we're just gonna. We got a plan, but it could change, so we're, we might have to pivot. But I want to get into something real quick before we do have to shut this off. You know, um, we have a red moon coming up, okay? And I'm not start. a, I'm not, I'm not a big. What's that? When's the red moon start, Aaron? The red moon starts October second through the eighth, maybe seventh or eighth, something like that. Yep. I know but it. it I know it starts second, on okay? the second. Yep. So. I'm not a big, like, I've never been, like, a big believer in the moon. I've always gotten, like, a moon guide. I've always paid attention to it. But um, I, I am not a moon enthusiast at all. But I, I dove into some data this last couple days that has really made me start thinking differently about the red moon. Okay? Um, so just for a brief overview, the red moon is when the moon is peaking overhead or is underfoot you know, right at prime time within two to three hours of the dark. Okay. Um, and that is when usually it gets the deer up and moving in the daylight hours. So, you know, per Adam Hayes, which is the moon, he, you know, he's the moon, moon guide freak, you know, um, you know, the, the, the red moon is the pull is what triggers the tides and it triggers both animals and fish to feed. Okay. So it's, you know, it, it's just red moon. It happens, you know, at a certain time during the month. Okay. Now, did I miss anything on that? Cause I'm not a scientist by any means with the red moon. No, no, you, you nailed it. I, I think what, you know, when you, when you bring up the tide, I think that's an important thing that you know, that that's what kind of effect that the moon can have, you know, and it affects the, mm -hmm. the tide, you know what I mean? Like if you, you yeah. think of something that, you know, the oceans and the tide, that something that large that something can affect it, there's, there's gotta be something to it. Yeah. And, and the moon phase does not matter. Okay. It's the red, it's just a red moon. Now I went back, I've documented every one of my buck kills since 2008. Okay. So I went back and did the numbers and, and the moon guide and the app, you can go back as far as you want and see when the red moon falls. Okay. And usually the red moon's about seven days long. It, it give or take a day or two. Okay. So I went back and I doc and I documented all those kills. There was 22 kills. Um, 
And out of all the kills that I've had since 2008, and I didn't know this until the other day when I just decided to do this on a whim, 68% of the bucks that I've killed since 2008 have been on a red moon. Okay? That, to me, is a staggering number. That mm. is an eye-opener. That is, that is a number that I feel like, oh, shit, I should probably pay attention to this a little bit more. But I'm going to take it a step further. 49% of the bucks that I have killed during a red moon have come on the second day of the red moon. Okay? So day two of the red moon is when I'm killing almost 50% of my bucks. Okay? 50% of the red moon deer that I've killed. Now, another number is I've killed bucks on the first, second, third, and fourth day of the red moon. After the fourth day, I've only killed one buck after the fourth day of the red moon, and it was on the last day of the red moon. So there's something to be said there, I think, of that first four days of that red moon that I should probably start be pinpointing a little bit more. I just want to get at, get that out there. I'm not like a big moon believer at all, and I know there's probably a lot of guys on here that are, are but are, it is something that I'm definitely going to look into this year, and maybe those you know, first four days of the red moons, when they do happen, I might treat those a little higher value than I normally would. Yeah. You know, regardless of the conditions going on, you know. Yeah. And I I want to I want to make this remark too is when you talk about the deer you killed, you're not just talking about all the deer you killed. You're talking about like your best deer that you've killed, right? Probably the ones that are on your wall. Is that what you're correlating yes. it to or are you tar- you're talking about all deer? It's not all the bucks I've killed, but all the ones that I feel are your best like bucks. my best bucks, okay? Yeah. And but I will say the Hambino was not on a red moon, okay? Like, my biggest deer ever was not on a red moon, but that was heart of the rut. So that yep. was just dumb deer, you know, d- thinking with other body parts and stuff like that. But um, majority, like I said, almost 50% of my bucks come on day two of the red moon. So uh, it might be something to look into this year, you know, for anybody listening, if you want to get into it, and, um, you know. It was kind of unique, kind of neat to go back and look at and, and figure out. Yeah, no, it's in. I I've been watching that Red Moon for you know probably a decade, and it's it sounds it's probably gonna sound funny to people, but I've watched it a lot in the summertime because I like I like in the summertime when there's no pressure on the deer for the most part that you can get a real true look at it, and that is a great mm-hmm. example in the summertime, like. We've listen, all of us whitetail freaks, we've seen it time and time again. It's four o'clock in the afternoon in the summer, and the deer are out in the field, and you're like, dude, what's going on? Well, take that. Sometimes you, that may correlate back to like a really good, you know, where the moon phase and the, the, the red moon, the, those are all lining up. Where, like you said, though, Aaron, this isn't like you're not going to make or break a hunting trip on the red moon, or you're not going to determine, you know, make a decision, everything based on it. But it's part of the equation, you know. Next thing you know, you you got the 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 winds correct, the temperatures are correct, the pressure is correct, and maybe even the moon phase is correct. Where it's like you can, it, it may help build that perfect formula for one of those days. Because I I'll be honest too, I a lot of the deer on my wall, I've went back and look at them. I don't know percentage numbers like you did. You you did a lot better job than studying than I did. But I look back at some of those old dials that I had, and I know back in like you know, 2012, 13, 14, 15, like all the way up through like 2020, 
Dude, a lot of the deer that I put down and put on the wall were on those red moon days. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely something to look into. Just another factor into the equation. Something you might be able to... We always talk about trying to find a chink in the armor or giving us the upper hand. That is something that you might be able to hang your hat on. And I encourage other guys to go back and look at the deer that they've killed. They can go to Weather Underground and look at the historical data from years past and when they killed the deer. But also, you can go onto the Moon Guide app, and you can look back to when those red moons were. If you remember the dates that you killed them on, just do some numbers. It took me about a half hour to do it all. I just crunched the numbers. I'm not a math guy, but everything pretty <laughs> seemed like it came out pretty pretty uh, equal there, and, and it seemed pretty legit. So that's what I'm hanging my hat on, I guess. Yep. But like you said, October 2nd is going to be hitting. But even though October 2nd, like if we want to look at the weather... October 1, October 2, October 3, here, you know, at least what we have in central Michigan, you know, we're talking, it's going to be, you know, southerly winds like Aaron talked about earlier in, in today's podcast, but it's also going to be low 80s, you know, so maybe, you know, even though the temperatures are going to be high, we're going to be coming off a really cloudy, really rainy, misty kind of week. So maybe that, even though the temperatures are high, maybe even getting that, that break in the weather, the the skies clear up and we got blue skies then maybe add in the right kind of moon phase and that that red moon and maybe that's just enough to kill something early on in the season even though the temperatures are really warm yep for sure well cool let's leave it on that uh i'm i gotta get off here but uh i mean that's that's season 23 that's that's the kickoff the next season 23 episode we're gonna be doing is gonna be sunday night man opener hope we we might have a blood trail you never know you know i hope we got a story but we're gonna we're gonna do these the rest of the year you know semi live the night that we go out hunting we're gonna have stories for you guys and we're gonna drop them right then so you guys can get a live feed a live look at what's going on um it's gonna be fun i had a lot of fun doing it last year i'm glad i have your help now and uh we're just gonna have twice the content now and i i can't wait to get out there and do it and hopefully everybody can take a little bit from it so let's do it man i can't wait Hey, buddy. I I know I'll talk to you before opening night, but good luck. And to all the listeners out there that are starting, you know, I know Ohio opens up, Michigan, anyone with October 1st opening day, plus Ohio guys this weekend, good luck to all you guys. And remember, just, just enjoy it. Just enjoy it because yep. before you know it, it's going to be January 1 and this will all be over with. So good luck to everyone. For sure. Good luck to everybody. Thank you, everybody, for all the downloads, all the support, all the listens. Go to iTunes, leave a five-star rating, leave a written review, and we'll be right here next time on The Fall Podcast. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.